welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hello, Falcha. Today we are looking at the Sheen, the fairies, in particular fairy forts, um, their connection with babies and graveyards. So it's we have a couple of stories. So we are going to Ducas, the Holy Grail of Irish folklore. So this is Ducas.ie and absolutely go and check out the school's collection in Ducas. That's what we are working from here. And they do phenomenal work. And I would absolutely encourage people if you come across something that is not transcribed, please transcribe it we have a, a volunteer transcription project you can do it as a little offering offering up to your right relationship with ireland and do some transcription because that will help with the search function in this database so um we are looking at today at uh, fairy lore from or fairy faith from county waterford and the fairy forts we have um, from Ballyefi County Waterford. Uh, the teacher was Porig O'Neill, and the writer was Dennis. Oh no, wait, that was the next one. That was the last one. Um, we are going to look at fairy forts, and I'll tell you. Um, the collector was pa- Patrick Buckley, and his address was actually in County Cork. So this is probably on the Waterford Cork border. This particular one. Court Naskehi, County Cork. So anyway, fairy forts. In the Argland dis- district, if you're transcribing, please be careful. In the Argland district, there are lists in the following places. Now, lists, L-I-O-S, um, appears in Irish as a, a fort, particularly, but... Um, a, sorry, a fort generally, but a fairy fort particularly. So when you see any place names that have lists in them, like Lismore, Listoverna, uh, Listogan, anything like that, uh, it is because there is some kind of fairy fort connection in the area or was, even if it hasn't remained. So in Lis, there is a great list in Lis. This is how the townland got its name. It is about 30 feet in diameter. There's no opening in it. The owners do not plough around it. They would have bad luck if they did. Music and dancing is heard often in the list. And what I'm trying to do here is give you some examples of very common fairy beliefs and and, um, kind of things that are known within the fairy faith in Ireland. So, um, not touching the fairy forts is, is a huge one. You would have bad luck. And then the music and dancing um, coming out of the fairy forts is another big one. So in Ballinamadoff, we're going to go with that. There's a list in Ballinamadoff and there is a tree growing in the middle of the list. There's a hole in the top of it to go in. If you touch the tree, you will get sick. So again, here we see a very common fairy faith belief, which would be that there are single, usually hawthorns or some kind of thorn, um, but most often hawthorn um, trees that 
grow in and around the fairy forts that are sacred to the she or the fairies and that they um they, they never get touched and not just that you know people respect them and want to kind of stay away from them but you will actually get sick if you touch them if you break them if you try and cut branches if you take them down um, you will get very sick so in Larbari, there's a list in Larbari. it is called the fairy ring the list got its name because every night at 12 o'clock the fairies can be heard dancing this old fairy ring could not be ploughed because firs were growing, are growing all over it. The firs is gorse. It's a very dense, prickly scrub, uh, evergreen brush. And grows very tall and is very, very difficult to get rid of. So couldn't be ploughed um, because gorse was growing on it. But the gorse could have been let grow on it because they didn't want to plough it in the first place. Um, so again, we have the music and the dancing and it is called the fairy ring and has that kind of list connotation to it so there are other um, monuments such as Graf or dune or even cashel and they do appear in place names as well and they would be you know various names for various types of forts and mounds and all that kind of stuff but um list is the one that gets the, the fairy connotation specifically um, so in Lyrene, there is a list. It is about 20 feet, 20, 25, 20 feet, 25 feet in diameter. There's no entrance into this list. So we saw the hole in the top of it to go in. That would be uh, some kind of entry point within the mound or the, the fort. And would be some kind of archaeological these are all, well not all some of them are um, archaeological monuments as well so they kind of they get called a list again if there's that kind of fairy activity perceived in or around them and um, they could be old burial mounds they could be medieval ring forts they could be various archaeological monuments and cairns you know anything like that uh, various archaeological monuments would uh, what the various different types of archaeological monuments would have the name list applied to them uh, due to this very activity. So there's no entrance to the list in Lyrene. It was never ploughed. Um, and then we go on to the list in Villara. It was called the Fairy Fort. It is about 30 yards in diameter. This list is never was never ploughed. There's a hole in the top of it to go in. So again, we're seeing these, these common patterns that are repeated through all these areas. Now, this is all in one area, fair enough, but, you know, this is down in, in Washford, is down in the, the south of the country and on the Cork border. They're down, down the south, down the bottom of the island. If you go right up to the top of the island, you can see the same thing. And we might actually do some from different counties around, um, around the country. So there is a fairy fort in McGrath's land in Barnahoan, Araglen, Kilworth, County Cork, convenient to Ballyheafy School. So Ballyheafy is in County Waterford, so we are dealing with borders and boundaries here as well, which is an interesting addition. Um, there's a white thorn tree growing in the middle of the field. Now, white thorn is hawthorn, as I mentioned earlier. And um, so Around this uh, tree growing in the middle of the fields, the fairies claimed some of the land around it. Hugh McGrath ploughed 
too near at one time, although he was advised not to do so by older people. His horses got sick the same night. So here we have somebody who has ploughed or has ploughed too close to it um, and wasn't listening to the older, the warnings from the older people. And um, his horses got sick the same night and they could not be cured. There's a little little reference here. They could not be cured um, until he turned it back again and then his horses got all right. So he had turned the land, he ploughed the land and he had to put it all back the way it was, basically. And then his horses got all right. So he ploughed the land, the horses got sick. He obviously tried various methods to cure the horses or to get the horses cured by normal means. Nothing was working. And then um, when he turned it back again, the horses got right. So from that time on, he never went near it. No one would care to go near it in the nighttime as there would be queer lights around the tree. There were also two lists between the Dune Mountains and Shanrahan. They are circular in shape. All the mountain is full of heather, but there's no heather growing inside those circles. Lovely music is heard there. Children who would not live to get baptism would be buried there. Now, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to pull this one in particular, because that brings about, you know, you have this... um. You have this like fear and mad respect and nobody's going to turn or plough or anything like that. And yet here you have this sanctuary, basically. Children who would not live to get baptism are either stillborn children or, you know, children who died very early. Um, and the church would not take them for burial. So families had to find somewhere that was sacred. And generally, there's one of these in every area. And also people who died by suicide or anything like that, they they weren't allowed into the church graveyard for, a, you know, a proper burial as their families would see it. So within every community in Ireland, there was a sacred place, a special place. And it was often something that was associated with, you know, paganism, ancient sacred sites, the she, the other world, right? All of those things. Um, somewhere really beautiful, somewhere special, you know, and the community would take um, the bodies of anybody who couldn't get their church burial and they would um, they would be buried there. So I think that that's an interesting connection um, to have. And that seems to be OK to not to plough, obviously, but to, you know, to, to dig enough into a fairy fort to dig a grave, a small grave for, for a child. Um, so that's that one. We are going to slightly carry that theme a little bit um, because we have a story here from Carrick Begg in County Washford. And this is the story of a kill. And again, you know, killing, I call it kill. Um, it actually means uh, grove or small forest, small woods, basically. Um, so this kill is said to be an old graveyard in the days gone by. It is said to be the glen of the fairies. Fairies were supposed to be seen there in large numbers. Some used to be singing, others used to be dancing, and the others sat around the fairy queen. In olden times, it was very few people would pass by this place at night because it was said that there were ghosts to be seen there very often at night. It, is, it was said that the ghosts are to be seen there yet occasionally. A man named David Baldwin was passing the road 
and a fairy came out on the road and the fairy gave this man a great purse of gold and he was a very rich man after that. So he had plenty of money for his life after that day. This kill is now a field and is situated on the side of the main road leading from Carrick and Shore to Dungarvan. David Baldwin was grandfather to the present Patrick Baldwin, uh, Jonestown, Carrick and Shore. David Baldwin also lived at Jonestown. So here we have very specific, um, you know, this this man gained his fortune from the fairies, from good luck from the fairies. He was, you know, minding his business, passing on the road, um, and he had some kind of interaction with this uh, this fairy, and um, he got the, the purse of gold, right? Now, the idea of a purse of gold, I know the leprechauns and the pot of gold and all that is... Uh, problematic right but um it is part of the tradition that there were um, other world's denizens she um good neighbors who if you if you got talking to them if you won their favor if you um tricked them somehow um, and you were able to get their purse off them and um, sometimes it was a purse full of gold uh, very, very rare have I seen any kind of crock of gold or pot of gold. Maybe a pot sometimes, but the whole crock of gold thing is, I mean, I'm sure it's there somewhere, but it's not a common one. It's its a purse or a pouch usually. Um, another common one is to um, to have a purse, and it's not full with gold, but every time you open the purse, uh, there's a shilling in it. So a shilling would have been, you know, a bit of money. Um, and well, maybe you don't know, shilling is an old form of money in Ireland. And so every time you open it, so um, there is, you know, memory, folk memory maybe of the, the Dagda's Cauldron, which never runs dry, you know, this kind of purse of plenty idea um, that is associated with the other crowds and the she generally. So anyway, this uh, David Baldwin had good luck with the she on that particular day. And I wanted to include that because it, you know, it does happen. And there's also like the, the little graveyard association. There's mention of the Fairy Queen. This is in County Waterford. Um, so, um, you know, that's not unheard of. There's fairy kings and queens um, all around the country here. But maybe not what you've been reading about in fiction. So um, I do actually recommend there's um, Morgan Daimler has a book on fairy queens if you want to uh, look at that more specifically there is a book either angel coming out uh, by morgan daimler d-a-i-m-l-e-r so definitely check that out but anyway that's um that's the kill and so for all the bad luck and um, sometimes you get good luck from interacting with this the, the other crowd and there are, um, but there are definitely more stories of bad luck than good luck, I have to say. And any kind of good luck or good fortune that comes from it is either somebody who is working for them, such as like a fairy midwife or, um, you know, a fairy doctor or something, um, who'd work, who basically have a have a relationship with them and would work on their behalf, um, in you know, in this world. And they can they they can be given good fortune and, and you know blessings and taught magic and all those kind of things. 
Biddy Early would be a very good example of that. And um, other than that, we have uh, we have just bad luck, bad luck, bad luck. Don't mess with them. Just leave them alone. Um, don't uh, hear the music or anything like that. Don't look at them. Don't go near them. Don't plow. Don't pull the trees. Don't you know? Don't do any of that stuff. Just leave them the feck alone. Really, is the the advice for most people. And you can check out uh, courses on the shoe or the fairies or the other crowd over at the irishpaganschool.com. So go and have a look there if you are interested in learning more. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafall and we will see you next time.